Hello, everyone, and welcome to Team Chat Gamecast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, and I'm joined by Rachel Mogan. Hey! And Zach Parks. What's up? This is the very first episode of Team Chat, and the purpose of this podcast is for Rachel, Zach, and I to talk to you guys about the games we love. So, basically, yeah, let's let's kind of like go around and kind of maybe just talk about what we each want from this podcast. I want to talk about my own interests. I would like to not talk about anybody else's interests. <laughs> Obviously, yes. I'm going to be really a good contributor to the podcast, but um, really, I'm really interested to hear about other types of games that both of you are interested in, because I think that I might be a little bit of an outlier uh, from past conversations with both of you. It seems like I might play games that you typically don't case in point call of duty and halo not really a fan of either of those to much of an extent so i'm interested to hear about why you you really love those particular games awesome i like it i like it i like what you said about it's more about us and it's not so much about the news of the gaming industry or you know maybe we'll touch on that stuff we'll talk about that but i do like our own personal relationships with games and kind of what they mean to us and how we've sort of evolved with them and where they've kind of gone through and our relationship to them. I think it's much more interesting. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Zach and I come from film backgrounds. And so like one of the things that when we started talking about doing this first originally was that we wanted to do something where we really address the creative effort and talent that goes into creating a game. Not, we didn't want this to be something where we come in and we talk about it and we're like, Hey, I really love this game. Why? It was just an awesome game. No, it was a terrible excuse. Exactly. (laughs) That that gives no body to what we're actually talking about. But if we are talking about like, Oh, I loved the art of this game. Uh, The music was fantastic. The gameplay mechanics were great. Then that will set us up for like a really good, you know, to provide meat to what we're saying. And that's, I think that's what we more wanted to be a place to, be able to freely discuss why, what it is about a game that we love. And so, um, but yeah, I think, I think a good thing, you know, since this is the first episode of team chat, team chat Gamecast, everyone that, uh, we, you know, could, should kind of give a little bit of background about us, like, you know, who we are, what got us into playing games in the first place, you know, and like, um, and yeah, then like what are like top three favorite games, something like that. So now um, are we going to start backwards, start with our least favorite of the three and time, work up, again. or are we going to start with number one and work down from there? I'd say, I'd say three to one. Three yeah, to one, that's, gotcha. That's kind of so then you can always hit with the number one and be like, boom, yeah, good. this is you my number three. Bomb. Right on. My, my number one. Um, so, uh, Zach, why don't you start off? But we're gonna, let's, we want to talk briefly about our own relationships with games yeah, we're gonna and kind of how we're going to go back in time yep back going to go back, back in time, time to the wee childhood <laughs> years back oh, to I'm approximately going, I'm going that <laughs> when i was <laughs> conceived <laughs> i'm going way back um it's hazy for sure and i bet you the first sort of kind of gaming system that i played on was pc i'm talking games like need for speed hot pursuit real big one anyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, there was games called like Delta Sniper, Delta Squad Sniper. I mean, these are look kind of obscure, weird games. Not the ones that would come like prepackaged in a PC, but like there were there were one or were they? No, they weren't. They weren't. Okay. They weren't. They were. You bought them at like you know. I bought a lot of games at Toys R Us. I remember. Right. Which I think is funny. It used to be the hot spot to go. It kind of was. It kind of was. And it's um, but anyways. So I kind of started on the PC. Call of Duty 
was a big one that I just kind of started with. Yep. Just right was, out of the gate. That's right the one. out of the gate. I was like, Mom, Dad, I need to learn about this. <laughs> Make it fun for me. They were probably horrified. <laughs> oh, I'm sure my parents were very displeased about my addiction to gaming early on. They must have thought it was unfortunate for sure. Um, but yeah, Call of Duty was my first introduction to first-person shooters, which is I'm a huge fan of. I know Jared's, Jared's also a fan of. Yep. So that was kind of my storming the beaches of Normandy virtually was. Uh, pretty thrilling for me as a 10-year-old. No, I liked it because I had seen Saving Private Ryan and like the first the storming the beach level in Call of Duty is looks very similar and felt very similar to to Saving Private Ryan and I was like, "Oh my god, yes. I'm on the beaches." Yes, and I'm sure if we went back and played it, we'd be like, "This is very unrealistic. <laughs> These graphics <laughs> oh, sure. don't hold up as well as I thought they would." Um but then I got into console games. We're talking Sega Genesis, N64, skipped over PlayStation, got PlayStation 2. But my N64 and Sega Genesis days were, I have a very special place in my heart. That is when I was really playing a lot and probably too much and really started to appreciate these games and like kind of my, you really build these relationships with them. Oh, and yeah. you know, when I think back in my memory of, in my childhood and I think about Star Fox, I think about Sonic, I think about, um, SOCOM for PS2. These are games that are major, major importance in my childhood. <laughs> you know, they're really something right. special for me. Right. They're a lot of fun. And like, obviously to everyone's dismay, I was in my room a lot playing these video <laughs> games, but it's like reading a book, watching a movie, I mean, I, I, going back to what we were talking about before, they, they, they deserve to be in that canon of artistic crafts because right, of solely on, you know, really the kind of relationship you can build with a, I don't want to say consumer, but a player or a reader or a yeah. viewer. I mean, that's why people play games for years and years and years, and they keep releasing more and more, and you're still going to go back and buy them, because you have that relationship, and a lot of people default to, oh, it's just nostalgia. You don't understand. <laughs> you, you're you not quite grasping that this has been a major player in my entire life. It's not something that you can just cut out. Well, like World of Warcraft, I mean, good God, how many years has that been in existence True. Now? You True. know, And they're still, they're making a movie about it now. Are they really? A really? live action movie? A live action movie. What's going to happen in the movie? <laughs> I don't know. I just know they are making a movie about it. The lead actor from the Viking series is going to be a human in it I, and stuff like that. But it's going to be like wow. human orc conflict. So it's I'll see it for sure. But like and they're coming out with a new expansion. That game is just going to go on forever. It's yeah, it's never yeah. going to end. That's an ongoing game. Yep. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. And as throughout this podcast evolves, you will hear more about my early days of gaming, I'll save right. some of it and some specific games for other times, but that was kind of when I found out I was addicted. <laughs> I found <laughs> much, out I had a problem. Much to your parents' dismay. <laughs> yes, but it's all worth it because now, finally, or at least we're getting to a place, if we're not already there, that these games are getting serious attention as artistic forms. Yep. You know, and I think that's something... It's great, and I hope we can discuss and elaborate on that throughout the the, the years, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> right. Okay, so Mogan, how about you? Where did how did you get started? Well, Zach touched on having a relationship with games, but a huge part of my childhood wasn't just video games; it was forming relationships with other people with video games as that common medium. Mm, yep. My very first friend that I ever made my first some of my first memories, Maggie Trollinger. Back on Charter Court, I'm sorry, Moccasin Trail, actually, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, her family was the only one in the neighborhood that had an N64. 
And when I made my very first friend, I was so, so excited. We would go over to her house and we would play Mario. And that was the first game I ever had exposure to. And they didn't even have two controllers. They had one controller. So she would literally just play the game. She was not good at sharing. So she would just play the game. And I would just sit there and watch. And that was the whole thing. And I was so happy. That was something we would do all the time. I mean, we also went outdoors and played like... (laughs) Children in the 90s used to back in the day. Right. But um, so that was my which, first. Which Mario was it? I, don't like I think it was actually Mario 64. That might come up later in the show. Right. Might come up later in the show. A little teaser for you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but then so eventually we did move away. It was very sad. Broke things off with Maggie. Not officially. Just sort of phased out. But then when we were a little bit old, older, my younger brother and I were only separated by two years. So we're very close. We are very close to this day largely in part to video games. I have a really good relationship with my brother. And when we were young, something that we would do together all the time was play video games. So our first console as a family was the PlayStation 1. And some of the very first games we had were Spyro and Crash Bandicoot and uh, The Legend of Dragoon. People probably have never heard of that one. I'll talk about it a lot more eventually. <laughs> it sounds familiar. It, it does sound familiar. Deserves, I have so many opinions about the game. But so a huge thing just in my life is that video games have been the way I've connected with other people because I genuinely love them. And when other people love them just as much as me, that's a major connection. So I have friends from high school, from college, from to adulthood, that they are still major players in my life because we play together. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I totally get that. I yeah. totally know what you mean. Yep. Very similar experiences. Well, I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of how we all three came together. Is like I met Zach, and we were just talking about doing some video projects together. And then I was just like, dude, I really like games. And I would love to figure out a way to like, <laughs> like combine <laughs> to combine the two together into the same thing. Because that's what I've always wanted to do. And Zach was like, uh, me too. Uh, <laughs> like, like, uh, <laughs> nope. Preaching to the choir here, you know. And so then he introduced me to Mogan, and you know, and then that we met, and we've like been talking about it since then. And then this is why the podcast is here. So like, yeah, and it's it's we're here, we're doing it, and it's all because we have the shared interests of games, and that is awesome. Yes, and that's probably why the listeners are here too. Yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. All the thousands and thousands of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we're um, laughing and crying. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so just like a little bit about where, where I came from. Uh, the first game I remember playing was on a, uh, a Mac actually when Macintosh, like, Oh God. Uh, I can't even think of, I can't even think of what it was called, but it was like the really disgusting beige boxes that they used to be. Yeah. I remember. And, um, the one, the games that I would play there, it had a uh, Shanghai or Mahjong pre-installed oh. and we would, I'd play that. My dad set me up on that and I started playing that when I was five on there. Uh, and then there was another game that was on a floppy drive that was, uh, called battle chess, where it was like this animated chess thing where you would play it. And like, if whenever you captured a piece, the, like if it was a knight fighting a pawn, he would like dismember the pawn and the sword. And it was amazing. I loved it. Finally, chess is fun. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I did that. And then as I got older, um, started playing a few more different things. I think the first console I played was over at my cousin's house. It was the, uh, the Super Nintendo and we played Donkey Kong Country and love Donkey Kong Country and still, still play it to this day whenever I can. I got it on a, uh, actually an emulator on my Mac so I can play it on my Mac and not on any, uh, Super Nintendo anymore. Is that the 2D scroller? Yeah, Is that the 2D, 2D scroller? scroller and stuff? I played yeah, some Donkey yeah, yeah, Kong yeah, Country yeah. for sure. I love Donkey Kong yes. Country. Um, and so I, I got into that, got played to that. And then, um, eventually started getting more games for my computer. My dad had a friend who would sell, uh, old Mac stuff. Cause that's what I grew up on was a, was a Mac at, 
which is, I feel like, very different from the time when everyone was using PC for everything and still kind of are. But mm-hmm. anyway, so before Macs were popular. Uh, but uh, And so my, my dad had a friend who would sell um, Apple equipment and stuff out of his garage and just would, like well, kind of fix. That sounds extremely sketch. It, it, <laughs> that sounds like not a real person. Sounds like Steve Jobs. <laughs> it, was, yeah, I mean, it, it was more of a thing like he would fix them and repair them or like or like sell, like resell some things and stuff like that. But he would have a, ra- a couple of games in his in his, in his his garage that like he would let me and my brother take. Um, I was definitely more into them than my brother was, but it was still, it was still fun getting to have a new game, go home and open it and play it and all this other stuff. And so, you know, it just got, uh, that definitely fed my love of video games and everything like that. Um, but then, you know, as time went on, it just, you know, I got into them more and more like Zach says, mm-hmm. definitely went through a period where I was heavily addicted to them, <laughs> uh, which my parents definitely did not enjoy. And, right. You, you had know, a period where you didn't be, you weren't pr- well, I, I only had I only had uh, computer based. My parents okay. didn't want us to buy a console just because they thought for that good was, reason uh, yeah, they were no, drawing the line. No, no, yeah, <laughs> and I definitely I back then I would have I was very upset about it in sixty four when all my friends did. But, but now I look back on it because you know instead of like sitting inside playing video games all day, like you know my dad was like go mow a yard, learn how to work, which I right. really appreciate now. Uh, but at the time, I was like. Damn it! (laughs) Not fair. Why can't I have Mario too? (laughs) But um, so I only had uh, Mac games, and then then was only allowed to play like thirty minutes a day, and not guaranteed to be able to play every day. Um, But you know, I still got to play through quite a few, and I'll talk about some of those games here in a little bit. But um, but no, it was it was really great. That's kind of where I got fed, and then when I moved to Austin, is when I actually. bought my first console it was the ps3 but that wasn't that long ago yeah, six years ago so, i'm a yeah, little startled i've and i've i've built up my collection a lot since then <laughs> i mean now i've gone back uh my wife and i we bought an n64 from an old friend of hers and had oh. like the big games on it uh mario kart n64 perfect dark uh a couple of other we haven't been able to find like golden eye yet and a couple Ooh, of the old you classics can find golden eye it's, somewhere. it's out there you've it's been making there. up for lost time though yeah you have yeah, certainly yeah. caught and then, bad I bought, up, bad and then my wife also is awesome in feeding my habit my addiction now and she bought me a playstation one for christmas last ah, year beautiful um, i will loan you the legend of dragoon and you have legend. to play it I will play, it's mandatory I will, I will do that and then <laughs> which one is it legend of dragoon oh yeah the yeah, most yeah. underrated rpg that no one has game. ever played except me <laughs> <laughs> and so the, and so now i have yeah i have a playstation one ps3 xbox 360 playstation 4 and still keep a pretty in 64 and still keep a pretty good collection on my mac so making up for lost time and well so you know and really trying to break through and uh you know experience all but that being said there are still plenty of classic games that i have not been able to go back and replay and i'm slowly trying to pick up the ground on for that me too so me too so and i'm sure that will be our experiences and that will be shared throughout this podcast as time goes on too yeah so I, i wonder if games are in the same sense like for for films i feel pretty well versed in the film universe as far as classics go yeah. but there's something about games that as much as I believe that I've played a fair amount and know a fair amount, there are so oh God, there just seems so many. like there's so many more that, that yeah. I can't keep up with. And and it's also now it's like you know if if you didn't grow up with them now because of especially like to go back and play like an old classic game like that, it has to be like you really have to be sh- certain that it is a classic game, right? And you're not just going to waste time with it, especially because like for me, yeah. and a hard thing to get over it with me, and I'm getting better about it is you know. 
since I am into film and all that stuff, I like things to look pretty. And sometimes, like some of those older games, just don't look pretty. You and just if can't it doesn't, get into it. Like some older RPGs and stuff like that, like if, you know, pixel art RPG kind of thing. It's just like man, or eight bit. You know, I whatever. mean, people are like, definitely a little bit spoiled in the visuals department these days because these days. things are so insane. Right. So it yeah. can be really hard to go back to those really old games, and not only the visuals, but the game mechanics sure. are obviously hugely different. Right. And that can really initially turn someone off when actually, if they would continue to play the game, they might find out they really love it but they can never get past that initial stage of mm. horror and balking at just the quality of the game from its time period right 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 which is a conversation we should have at some point in it this is show because Definitely. that's an interesting thing that's happening and you you see some games especially on your like your iphone uh i'm thinking of like super sword brothers i don't know if I'm, i think that's the right title that's all 8-bit but beautiful it's like the color palette is really well done and it's 2d all 8-bit, really cool. Well, there's a huge resurgence of 8-bit yeah. games coming back now. And I've played some of those, and they're a lot of fun. But they also have, like, you know, since they're on more advanced systems, there are slightly, like, the gameplay mechanics are better. Right. And everything than some of those old ones. So, but still, I am forcing myself to go back and play some of those because I do know that, yes, there is a lot to learn and to take in just from the history standpoint of where video games have come, have started and where they've come to. Right. That's so. True. You know, but yeah, that would make an excellent topic for uh, yeah another yes. episode. Um, but you know, in the interest of letting our listeners know more about us, <laughs> just keep talking let's, about uh, us. Let's, yeah, uh, let's, uh, yeah <laughs> this is all about us. This is the only reason we did this. Is to feed our massive <laughs> We need an outlet. <laughs> <laughs> it just got really tiring talking to just ourselves about this. Um, so. Uh yeah, let's uh let's uh let's go with our our favorites. Starting with our number it? three, I think so. Unless you guys have something else you'd like to touch on before that, but I mean, I think let's let's get right to it. Let's, let's right jump in. There's going to be some debate, possibly some. Well, top three. I mean, it, come on. Let's can we just talk about the question? The I mean, I feel like the main point of debate would be within your own self about what you want to be in your top three oh, it because it's for, so it took so long yeah. just it took to me forever. pick anything. It yeah, it, it took it, me it forever to pick my wrong. second. Yeah. And, it, and it, yeah, and it's and I'm it's, not I'm not sure if it's totally my second, but it's just right. like uh, of thinking back through all the games that I played in my in my in my past, I was just like, no, the, these games had a big effect, or this game, you know, for whatever reason, I feel like they deserve to be in the top mm-hmm. three. So. It could also be that there's that idea that you only have a set amount of decisions that you're able to make in a day. Yeah, I wrote my list at like 10 p.m. I was probably out of decisions by then, so I just had to pick <laughs> any three, not think about it too hard. So uh, let's let's go around and we'll each start with our number three and we'll each list our number three. Then we'll go through our number two sure. and our number one. Okay. So Mogan, kick us off. Initially, I wrote that my number three was going to be Bioshock 2. Okay. There are tons of reasons that I love that game. I do love first-person shooters with conditions. Mm-hmm. So that was initially going to be my number three, but I changed my mind. I'm going to go with Tomb Raider from 2012 for the PS3. So the Tomb Raider reboot was revolutionary. Mm. Again, going back to relationships, when I was really young, we had a PC. My own mom was addicted to Tomb Raider. It's the only game she has ever loved. She has played all of them from PC to eventually consoles. So finally, I never played them myself. So finally, when Tomb Raider made it to the PS3, I thought, oh, this is probably something that I can finally get on board with. And when I first played the game, I was blown away not only by the visuals because the visuals are still amazing you can still go back and play that game and just be in awe of how beautiful it is right but getting to know laura as um as her younger self so it's essentially a prequel 
So it's the prequel to all of the other games that technically in the timeline came before then. So becoming Laura is essentially the story, and how you do so is uh, pretty violent. It's a pretty fun and violent game. There's a lot of shooting, a lot of fighting, and the game mechanics in and of themselves are phenomenal. So the gameplay is just on a, on its own level. I could replay that game a thousand times. Technically, things don't really change when you do them from one level to the next. You can go back and it will still be pretty much the same, but it doesn't lose that value for me. Even though I've done it all before, I will still do it again and I will still have just as much fun playing it again and, as I did the very first time. So that's why it's my number three. Yeah, I agree. That's a good, that's an excellent game. I played that on the PS3 too and they came out with the definitive edition for the PS4. I'm We'll buy that at some point. I didn't know that. (laughs) I just have uh, some other things in my backlog that I want to finish up first. But no, that game was fantastic because for that reason, like of becoming Laura, uh, that was awesome. And just because, yeah, it took a total step back. It could have just picked up where one of the older games left off and just been like, oh, you're just a Tomb Raider. But no, having to (laughs) learn to become the Tomb Raider and all of the consequences that go along with that decision. Although, granted, most of them were forced upon her in this game without (laughs) getting too spoilery. But, uh, you know. It's still an excellent game. And actually playing it, so it's not really a multiplayer game, but my mom, obviously, it was actually her game. So she would play during the day, and she would be like, oh, I'm beating you. I've got X odd percentage. You're never going to catch up. And then she would go to bed, and I would stay up for hours. (laughs) And I would catch up to wherever she was and try to surpass her. So it was a lot of fun playing a game with my mom because yeah, it's really it's the cool. only game that she and I would be able to play together. I, so that's a huge part of my adult life. So this was recently. Yeah. So it was just, that's right. Remind me, did this get game of the year? Did Tomb Raider, did, did it did, won so many it awards, won, I, but I, I'm I just not saw sure. It won, it won like 70 awards, but yeah, it, I, know I don't it think it got game so of the year. So many. Okay, maybe Which that was Batman. It got, it got robbed. So, well, it's interesting. I was just recently thinking about these, like Batman getting Game of the Year, and I thought Tomb Raider got Game of the Year. And I had a conflict in my head about franchises like this being awarded those kind of awards. Mm-hmm. And I think about like I'll, I'll probably do this a lot as related to film, <laughs> but I think about the Cannes Film Festival and how the only winners, the Palme d'Or winners, I think have to be original screenplays. Oh, and so I think about that stuff when it comes to Batman or or. Tomb Raider, I wonder if they should be allowed. I know that might not, you know, be a great argument, but I just wonder. In this particular case, I would say yes, just because the reboot was a huge... You really can think of them as being completely different mm-hmm. lines of games, especially since this one was more of a re- yeah a reboot of the of yeah. the Lara Croft series. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah like because could... the Lara Croft series had really been kind of dying out. It had been losing mm-hmm. a lot of popularity. So yeah. the reboot, which is actually a completely different game, really revived the entire series. And mm-hmm. now the next Tomb Raider that's coming out next year for the PS4 is one of the most talked about games from this most recent E3. Yeah. So obviously the game succeeded in generating a ton of new interest from players that may not have given it a second look. Yep. True. Gotta I, wait, I gotta wait through that stupid uh, Microsoft exclusivity first before, because it's coming out like... I know. My mom is so mad. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> We're a Sony family. We are not pleased about that. <laughs> That was that was very that was very annoying to hear. But I was uh, at first it was just like it's going to be a, Xbox, a Microsoft exclusive, and I was like, damn it, because that I was just like, that, so is it going to come to the PS4 ever, or is that just another game that I want have to buy an Xbox One? I will but happily like, wait it out. Oh, I, I'll wait. <laughs> that is I great. Patiently for me being wait. An Xbox boy. Uh, yeah, that's but, wonderful. Uh, wonderful to hear. Uh, but to answer your question, in 2012, the game of the year was actually Journey. 
Oh, see, oh which, no, okay, I'm not mad anymore. Yeah, I yeah. know. So Never that's, mind. That's kind of what I was touching on. Journey oh. seemed like such an original game that yeah. you almost want to highlight those games a little bit more. Yeah. You know, give them the kind of the spotlight. Yeah. Because that does, I have not that's played exciting. it. I've seen some info on it. It yeah. looks very cool. It, if you haven't it just listened, came to PS4, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up. And if you haven't listened to just the soundtrack, even without having played I've the game, the soundtrack, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah. All right. Zach, what's your number three? My number three is a game from 2006. So not too long ago, but I guess now almost 10 years ago. Uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Hold on for a second. Your phone is causing some massive feedback. <gasps> is it really? Yeah. Well, I don't need it. I got you. I got our spreadsheet pulled up. Oh, beautiful. So I'll just come back. I'll just start okay, back on our, on our number three. Zach, what's your number three? My number three comes from 2006. So almost 10 years ago, it is Elder Scrolls Oblivion. And... Obviously, like everyone here, I had trouble figuring out what my top three would be, especially my number three. Like, what did I want to put there? Um, Elder Scrolls. Now, I have not played the ones before that. Oblivion was my first one that I did play uh, for the original Xbox. And it was really the first game that I really think I can remember that had a real open world. And what I mean by that is, like, it was one of those ideas where, like, oh, you see those mountain ranges in the distance, you can go there. And I was like, that is mind-blowing. I like, mean, compared I, you know, to 2D side-scrollers. Yeah, exactly. of course. And I was um, infatuated. And the story, the gameplay, the look, so many wonderful things about the music. I'm, I'm not a big medieval-era era, uh, person, but there was something about inhabiting this person and making my own character. And I mean, you just remember the, the first like 10 minutes of the game, as a lot of games do now, is devoted just to like how your nose looks, you right. know, and like fixing your skin color. And I love that stuff. I That's can make, awesome. and you get that anxiety when you're about to hit start and like you can't, it's like, you is can't, this really what I want? Yeah, is this, is this really, really how what I want to be look for like? the whole game? Yeah, I know. locked into this person forever. <laughs> I know. It's a real, it's tough. And, but there's a sequence in there that happens early on in the game where you're going through some dungeons, you're escorting. Um, the king of God. What is the um, is it Tamriel? Yeah, the yeah. Tamriel, and you're escorting him out of the dungeon, and he gets killed by a skeleton. Sorry, you're gonna oh. find out in the first five minutes. It's Damn not a it! Spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, but as you head out, you get to a point where it a little thing pops up on the screen. It says, "Are you sure you're happy with your character? Are you sure you're happy with everything?" You say, That's "Yes." Such an existential question. It is, I know, and of course, it's very difficult to answer. But you eventually get out through these gates, and it's the entire world. And the the music swells. Everything comes up, and like crabs walk on the beach. You, hey, I'm serious. And you're like a level That's one, awesome. so you're beating That's the awesome. shit out of crabs for like hours <laughs> trying to break up. <laughs> and it's kind of like go do whatever you want to do. Yeah, they give you some nav points. They give you some ideas of where you might want to go to do the story. But it's that idea of freedom, which I had never really experienced before in a game. So that was the first one, and that we'll talk about maybe our some of our favorite gaming moments coming out of that dungeon in Elder Scrolls Oblivion was absolutely one of my kind of most memorable gaming moments that I've had. Yeah, and you know you can go, we can talk about. The whole it was one of my first RPGs. It got it got me into role playing games that I never knew I would even enjoy. So that was very interesting to play these new types of games. It was really it opened up a whole world for me. So I had to include on my top three as just a game that not only I loved, but like took it kind of showed me what gaming could be. Yeah. You know, it changed things for me. And obviously I was like to I mean, there are so many more RPGs that came up before this and I know did similar things, but just for me personally, that was the one. Right. And I have not gone back and replayed it. Obviously, Skyrim came out, and I'm you right. know, and I was a big right. fan fan of Skyrim, 
but n- not close to Oblivion. That's a whole other conversation. I think that game comes very below what Oblivion had. There, there's a difficulty in Oblivion that Skyrim doesn't seem to have. Right. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, mine is I'm more of a whole series rather than one game. Uh, it is the Civilization series. And over my head. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Never That's played two it. out of three that don't know anything about those. <laughs> no, the Civilization series was uh Civilization two is the first one I played in that series, and it was I found it in my dad's friend's garage. <laughs> and, Out of the closet. And, and uh had you know, it just looked cool to me and I grabbed it and uh, oh man, how old was I? I was probably like eight or nine probably at this point and uh started started playing it and just loved it now that is one of those games that if you went to go back and play now you would be like these graphics are terrible like this looks like kind of terrible but for me again it's like i played it i loved it and i put so many hours into that game um and then but i say the series because i've kept up with that series as they've released more games i got uh civilization 3 when it came out um, played the shit out of it, just like <laughs> toast. It just like played so much of that it's game, gone. and so uh, you know, and it was great, and it improved on it. And but the graphical, what was cool about that one is the huge graphical difference from Civilization Two to Civilization Three. Like your your troops were actually animated, your cities, the map was animated itself. The the, the pieces didn't like slide from space to space. They they actually moved and walked there, and it, you know, it, it gave it this bigger feeling like when you had a huge army you went attacked another empire and civilization and stuff that you were actually amassing like a massive army and it was a fantastic feeling give me an idea of what the objective is in civilization it's a world building game it is it's it's a world building it's a it's a turn it's a turn-based it's a turn-based strategy game basically you don't you start off with a settler unit and then you you found a city and then from that city you slowly expand and build more cities mm-hmm. you can build military units and you have to discover but like everything is locked behind technology so you have to discover technology which will unlock mm-hmm. like this military unit <clears throat> so like playing a civilization game is no small feat like i could probably count on one hand the number of games i've actually finished mm-hmm. from like or you know from like start to the end like you have finished so right. many games i've played i've gotten like halfway through it they just got destroyed sure. by another, sure. another place but it takes so much time to get to that point that it's like man you know it's like well that but but even now like i have i haven't been able to get beyond earth the most recent one yet i haven't got it yet but i'm on i play i'm playing civilization five right now and so this is why it's in my three because i've kept, like i said oh, i right. kept up with the series and the series as a whole of playing it from eight to you know so almost 20 years of playing this one series and I still love it. And can you just get sucked in? I can take a break and not play it for a while, come back and just spend hours in it. And it's, I mean, it, they Civ excel, it itself acknowledges that fact that you can just get sucked in. Cause right. they started the hashtag on a social media, the hashtag one more turn, because that's what oh. you just tell yourself. You uh, tell yourself move, that the yeah. whole time you're playing like, okay, I just finished this big war, uh, you know, one more turn and I'm done. And, you, and then 100 turns later, you're still saying, no, one more turn and I'm done. You're, so. you're bending the rules a little bit. I didn't know we could do... Uh, yeah, that's a, series. That's a little, it seems like cheating. I love well, that's okay. I, I, mean, put it, I put it series emphasis in the notes. So I felt like I was very... We just didn't read the notes. I feel like I was very, like, like letting you guys know, hey, it's the series of this yes, game. Yes, because, yes. because, like, of every... 
every one that I've played, I've always loved it. And for just the length of time that I've been playing it is why mm. I call that one my, yeah. my number three. But That's if fair. I have That's to fair. choose one of the series to yes. stay fair with <laughs> a yes. game, yes, yes. Civilization 3. Okay. My only exposure to Civilization is that Video Games Live did, I think, a Civilization suite from the soundtrack. Civilization 4, Baba Yetu. And it came on, and I was like, what? What game is, that, is this from? Is it music? Yeah, it's good the, music. Yeah, oh my god! Or at least that one song on that one CD that I used to listen to <laughs> all thing. the time. I was like, look I it up, everyone. Probably... Video games live. Baba Yatu, Civilization Four. It's amazing. It really interesting. is. interesting. Wow, I didn't see. I, I, it's interesting. I always saw those games as kind of like that wasn't any kind of aspect of it. It was just all strategy. I mean, There's no I mean, like the music, the emotional. Music, thing. The music is is in the. It's the what plays during the the video that starts at the beginning of the when, okay. like, when you load the game or like when you put the when you launch the game and stuff. Uh, okay, okay. But still, like man, really I listen. Good. I listen to that song on repeat. It's, it's fantastic. It's awesome. Interesting. Um, but yeah. So that that uh, that, that would be. My it's just too bad that you can't really like sing along to it. <laughs> it's really. Oh, I try. <laughs> I mean, I make the effort, but <laughs> I just get the noises lyrics? out. There are lyrics, There's but lyrics? they're not. Look at the it's lyrics for Civilization game. <laughs> no, it's in like it's uh, I believe Swahili. Yeah, it's got I think song. it is. Yeah, okay, that yeah. makes more sense. I was like, uh, so I think something like that, but no, it's no, it's, it's definitely not that. <laughs> Take not, over the world. Build up your army. Fight the world. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> so yeah, so I would say number three would be Civilization okay. Three. Okay. All right, going okay. back around the table into moving on to number two. Number so, two. Obviously, soundtracks, you're going to hear me harp on and on about this. That's a musical pun, by the way. I'm going to harp on about everything. Oh! So, soundtracks are some, are, is definitively one of the things that can make or break a game for me. Absolutely. I could hate the gameplay of a game, but if the music is well done enough, I will play it anyways because I will still get so much enjoyment out of it just from the audio aspect of it. So, my number two combines both audio and visual my one of my favorite games of all time it was really hard to decide if this was going to be number one or number two is going to be okami so this was the actual the wii console platform it originally came out on ps2 but then they transferred it over to the wii which made sense because i don't know how much you know about the game but you are basically a wolf goddess and part of your gameplay is that you paint calligraphy symbols to mm. make uh, to enact certain powers you, within the game. So yeah, so the Wii remote would That's right. Perfect. So the know, Wii remote, perfect. you got to point at the screen and draw your commands and that was how you fought. It was the whole system. Oh. And it was so well done on the Wii that I did actually try to play it on the PS2 once because that was all my friend had at her house. Mm -hmm. And it was I couldn't I couldn't go back. Like once you're able to actually have that very physical connection between you and what you're seeing, yep. you can't really regress. Mm. But so the game's visuals and the sounds were just overwhelming. It is such a graphic game. It is so colorful. There is so much to see and do that when I first played it, I, it was hard to even absorb everything that was happening. So basically, you're this wolf goddess. You're going through the game, obviously ridding the world of evil. And as you do so, you're trying to build up your following. So in a certain aspect, it is it does sort of have undertones of religion, uh, ancient Japanese and Chinese influences. Mm. But 
I don't want to get. It's not a new game. I don't want to give too many spoilers. What, but what year are we talking about? This was two thousand six, I believe. Yeah. Okay. And then a, I, remember, I think a couple I remember of years. This coming out. Yeah, I a year later it too. I saw it the first thing. I saw it on X Play back when X Play wow. used to still be a show. I, the past. I saw Adam Sessler and Morgan <laughs> oh Webb God. reviewed it, and I was Adam like, "Oh, Sessler. I trust them. I tr- got to play this game now. <laughs> I got to play this game." Yeah. So their review didn't even do it justice. It just blows your mind. And the replay value is still there, maybe not to the same extent. So it is a very storied game. So once you know the whole story, it does sort of take away a little bit of the magic because you know what's coming. It's not like the ending is going to change. It's always going to be the same ending. Right. But I did, so when I first played the first time around, I think I missed certain cues that I didn't pick up on until the second time I played it through because there were just little hints and things along the way that I didn't initially made the connection of this big shift in the story. So since the game is meant to take place in, you know, ancient Asian civilization, you know, it's very feudal. There's, you know, there's not technology in the game. But then it takes this sudden turn. I don't want to release all the spoilers if in case anybody hasn't played it, but I'll it, it a takes a turn for almost being a sci-fi kind of game. The really? the way the story shifts. I didn't realize it until later on, so it felt very sudden to me. I think you could have caught on to it sooner than that, but I didn't. I'm a very oblivious player. I'll just play and la la la, it's so fun. But then eventually I I realized that it was taking this huge shift in a really interesting direction. And it was so jarring. I was so surprised by it. It just added this whole new dimension to the game for me. So that's probably why it's my number two maybe even number one i would have to have to give it some more thought i so give me an example of you are controlling the wolf uh goddess now if you want the wolf goddess to do something you have to give it a command is that right not so it's very intuitive so obviously you control the movements just via the wii uh nunchuck but so you really only use the paint style either in the environment in a non-combat scenario or more likely in a combat scenario. So essentially in the game, it's not the kind of thing where you're just roaming around and you could run into enemies at any time. When you do run into enemies, the game creates an enclosed battle space. So it's almost Mm -hmm. like an arena where you only have a limited amount of space to fight whatever the enemies are. So it's not open world in the concept of battle in combat so essentially whenever you come across something that you want to fight the it uh, it automatically engages Mm -hmm. and then you would use your commands to paint all kinds of things so you can use fire you can use water Mm -hmm. you can slow down time do all of this really fun stuff and there are all kinds of basically power-ups so there are things that you can miss out on that you could potentially never get in the game because the game doesn't force you but you, if you do all of the little tiny side quests in every <laughs> corner of the game, anyone that's played Okami will understand the frustration of having to collect beads for the ultimate weapon. Beads. Beads. So actual beads, beads on like a rosary, it's awful. I, I actually never completed it. It was something I could not do. So technically the game is not 100% completed for me and it might never be because it was so very difficult. That's, that 100% completion thing is an interesting thing that you brought up 
up earlier that that I, will have to be a tie. Yeah. It's got to be because they. It's I, so I, hard. I'd like to say, so oh, I, I beat that game. No, you have like, not. It's like eighty percent. You know, yeah. it's like, no, oh, fuck, you're, you're I'm not even close. close. You're not <laughs> even close. And the worst, the worst part is games where they have the ending based on how much percentage you completed in the game. Yeah. What do you mean? The ending changes. Yeah, like the ending changes depending on how much you actually completed in the game. Final Fantasy Ten Two was especially one that I loved that game, but I never could get the perfect, most happiest ending because 100% in the game took so much time That's right. You're a Final commitment. Fantasy. I am. I think man. I'm the only one, aren't I? Yeah. Of the three I'm, of I'm us? finding out that, yeah, I have not played these games that you guys are t- discussing. You need to get on it. Well, yeah. maybe you haven't played all, my games. We need to all do some research, <laughs> uh, yeah. gameplay research. There's too many games but, out there. That, God, so many. My backlog is ridiculously full yeah. right now. And really, I've played more of the older games than I have of the newer, mm-hmm. so I'm definitely missing these big gaps in these huge, mm. impactful games yeah. that I feel bad for missing out on because I know I would love them. I, I, am, I referenced Bioshock 2. I haven't yet played Bioshock Infinite. Which I, mean, I hear I, people. I played, I, ooh, I have played Bioshock. Ah, uh, don't tell us about oh, it. I'm still. I'm ending. going to play it. I'm going to play it. So don't yeah, tell me. It's in my backlog too. I'd say I, I like uh, the first one better. Really? I haven't played second one. I played first oh. and skipped to infinite. But there is something about the atmosphere in the first one. The first one is excellent. It's an excellent game. The, the whole big daddy little girl thing is just see it's in like Bioshock really weird, too. And then it's like, but then like the the twist ending, you know. I don't know. At some point, we have, for a certain we game, if it's old enough, we have to like be like, okay, we have to be able to talk about the spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this like, game is from 1967. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. All the all the <laughs> like discovering the meaning behind "Would you kindly" like blew my mind. What is that? You know, it's like when it, the guy who's like telling you to go everywhere and do everything, he always says everything like "Would you kindly do this?" And oh, it turns right. out that's like some mental right, trigger right, right, that right. he put in you to make you do oh, things for him, right? And that he's actually the bad guy you're hunting the right. whole time. That came that that came happened and I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Going from that game to Bioshock Two, what made Bioshock Two for me was being the big daddy, yeah. was being this enemy that you used to have to be so afraid of, yeah. but then suddenly you were him, and that was just so meaningful for me because despite how much I tried to harvest the energy from the little sisters. I couldn't do it. I had to be the nice guy. I had to always actually save them. Never did manage to get the more evil ending. Yeah. I never never played the second one, so I could never be the big daddy, but I knew that you could. I knew they had a multiplayer component, too. They did. But I don't think it... I didn't hear great things about it. I mean, I was bad, so I never, like, won. I mean, yeah. It's like so so many games, like even the the Tomb Raider that you brought up, it has a multiplayer. Oh, it does? (laughs) We've never even played. But exactly. Like, I played it one time, and it was like... is he, are you both Laura? No. How does it work? <laughs> no, you can be any of the characters that are in the game. Oh. Like, but it's just like, but it's still, it's just like, it's a weird game like to throw a multiplayer into. That seems really, I don't even think my mom knows. Yeah, I'm going to call her and ask her make, about it. it, it and she's going to be like, no, there's so, no multiplayer yeah, mode. There are a lot of games like that that I'm like, why does this have a multiplayer? Like but, some yeah. games just don't, it just doesn't belong. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't at all. All right. Numero dos for me. Oh gosh. Okay. So I'm realizing my answer is so fucking cliche, and I feel bad about it. (laughs) Swear Um, to God, if it's Call of Duty, it's oh my Jesus, (laughs) it's not going to be Call of Duty. Jared, don't say anything. If that was on any of our lists, yeah. What if I said uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Two? Black Ops Two is my favorite. Yeah. No. It's like no. There's the door. We're not welcome we just, back for we any just off the podcast. <laughs> hey, <laughs> anyone out there, we need another host. <laughs> uh, cliche answer, but 
a great game. Mario 64. That's an amazing oh, game. Well, okay. Amazing game. So you That's guys both okay. played Mario yes. 64? Yes. yes. 1996, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we can have a discussion about this. But basically, I'm, a lot of bias goes into these questions. When you yeah. think about your favorite games, I'm thinking about the ones that are my personal favorite. Not right. that you know the best made, but even though Mario 64 deserves to be on that list as well. Um that, you know, there, the image that comes to mind isn't even of the game. It's of me and my friend playing the game, you right. know, in, yeah. his, in his bonus room upstairs above his parents' bedroom and playing on this old TV with our babysitter next to us and collecting <laughs> yep. these stars. And it wasn't so much, it was obviously how you did it. I mean, the, the, the 3D was one of the first times you, I had played a really, truly yeah. well-made right. 3D game. The, the, the camera did really well, which I'm sure is a difficult thing to do in those days. Especially, yeah, especially back then. I'm sure I mean, it it's was. probably difficult to do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit. I have no idea how to do that. No, I can't do it. <laughs> um, but um, the whole castle dynamic and the way the castle opens up as you progress mm-hmm. is something just really special. There's something very interesting and neat and obviously now nostalgic for me to think about. The rooms, and it's such a simple idea that I think Nintendo in general is able to execute so well. You talk about like Luigi's Mansion or you talk about the Zelda games. There's something they do so well with the atmosphere in very unconventional places that I wouldn't think would work. And the thing about the castle and the thing that is so interesting is obviously the paintings and the different levels. But jumping into a painting and going into like the snow world where (laughs) Mama Penguin is and you have to go save the The baby. baby penguin. Obviously everyone knows that. But... And then you throw it off sometimes. I know we've all thrown the penguin off the cliff. <laughs> Is it possible to I'm do sure this? I'm not sure we have, Zach. Yeah. Oh, wow, well, it's possible. <laughs> Good. Um, all that stuff. The music, you know, we talk about music being such an important part. Obviously, the, all the Mario scores have, you know, are classics. Very catchy. Too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Very catchy. There, and there's a, a brightness to it. There's an optimism. There is... Um, a happiness. There's a happiness. There's a good versus evil that's simple and obviously why so many people love these games. Yep. And I think Mario 64 was just, obviously, I'm not the first person to say this, but it's, you know, they really hit a pinnacle with what they were doing with that franchise. And it's my favorite Mario game. And it's, I mean, it's, it's still my, I mean, I love Mario Galaxy and stuff, but it's still there. I, I would say the level designs, all the levels are just classics, the sand level and twirling off into the uh, sand tornadoes. Yep. Um, all the different hats you can get. Like, I mean, you got the Metal Mario where you can walk underwater. And the secrets, man. The secrets going into the ghost world, going. Um, there's a, I think there's a hole under the castle moat that. Uh, yeah, there is. I'm that not you sure can go I ever into got there. And you slide down, you get the eight red coins. I mean, the yep. amount of things that you can do and the amount of kind of secrets that are in there make it something that I think is really special. And going to that from the 2D side scroller format was mm-hmm. really, as a kid, I looked at it and went, whoa, Yeah, what happened? Like, I looked at it with confusion because, well, where do I go? Well, uh, I like, go what what do I do? Yeah. I Normally, I just run to the right-hand side, but I'm not really sure where to go when yep. I have so much freedom of choice. Right. Yep. And you talk about a game that is really all mechanics. I mean, the stories have never been a Yeah, no one's really playing Mario. Story. It's, it's all the <laughs> right. same kind of. It's but more of the level mechanics. It is, yeah. and of the overall atmosphere. Like, we talked yeah. about the optimism, the playfulness of it. There is something really that hits the inner kid in you no matter what, and I just love that. Even though Mario is, I guess, an adult, you never really, he's more like a bouncing He's got a, ma- a mustache. He does, so. have a, he does have a mustache. 
Um, yeah, even like talk about the the start menu. I don't know if you guys remember where you could uh, yeah, pick you could, at like, his face. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, manipulate his face. Like, like no, it was definitely a game changer for what sure. was coming out around it. And I think you know it's a you know it's interesting that your the two games that you've listed off so far for you have both included like. Mario was like a precursor in the terms of like open world. Yeah. But like they're both both the games that you like. It's something like, I really am attached to. There's an idea of freedom. Uh, being uh, being able to get yourself lost yeah. in a world. Like mm-hmm. not not a level, mm-hmm. a world. Yeah. And I think that's something. That's that's one thing that I really enjoy mm-hmm. about games. Anything can happen. These open sandbox yeah. games, I think. I don't know. There's something in me that is really attracted to that stuff. Yeah. Just, yep. You never know what's going to happen. I love it. So that's my number two, Mario 64, which I'm sure is on a lot of people's lists. Nice. <laughs> it's a good one. It's, it's a, a good, good one. one. Can't go wrong. Nope. Um, all right. So I'd say for my number two, my number two is another, it's an older one too, um, and it is Star Wars Dark Forces. You got a bunch of blanks yeah, over not, here. Nothing, nothing, we don't. Nothing. I don't even know how to react Dark to that for, statement. Not Battlefront. No, not Battlefront. Battlefront. Not Battlefront. Wait, Dark that? Forces. Dark Forces came out in 1995. Holy crap! Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on. That's not my blow wasn't even three. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's too long. It was. It was my first introduction into uh, first-person shooter, oh. and. It now the thing about this and why it holds a special place in my heart is because I am a huge Star Wars fanboy. If you guys, could if you see, could see in this room that we're recording in, I have. Like I'm a, drinking out of a Star Wars glass right now. Literally. I have a Star Wars mug. I have a Yoda bobblehead, a Star Wars lunchbox, a Star Wars movie poster. I just like three foot tall Darth Vader statue. A you know, it's everywhere and it's very apparent. So I love Star Wars and so and everything about it. And so it whole, it was one of the first Damn it. Star Wars games. I'm literally looking over my shoulder and finding more, more and more Star Wars, Star Wars things. Just look I'm going. Look up oh, here. oh, it really there's, is. There's Boba Fett over there. I did catch Boba. I didn't said catch. that I, I so Boba Fett not a fan of Star Wars. Did they know that? And not that oh God. We're gonna have He's to butt heads out now. But <laughs> this like, isn't a film podcast, guys. Come on. But still, we're changing it. so because <laughs> because of my love of Star Wars, I fucking loved Dark Forces, and I played the shit out of that game too because it was just like it was a first person shooter, and so it was the one times when again early game. But still, you were able to feel like you were in the Star Wars universe, and that was awesome for me. And we're talking 1995. We're talking 1995. In a first-person shooter. In a first There's person no shooter. way it looked that good, though. It doesn't. <laughs> but I'd be surprised. No, it does not look it, that it good. It takes you in the world. Yes. And that's more important. Yeah, it got you into the world. And, it, and what was cool about it, too, is it was a story outside of the movies. And outside mm. of, you know, which I know other Star Wars games have done, but, you know, first time really playing a Star Wars game and all that stuff, it was, and it took you outside and you were playing as Kyle Katarn, who everyone's like, at that time was probably like, who? Unless you were like really into reading the books and everything like that, like you would know who he was then. But, you know, so basically you're Kyle Katarn and you basically are tasked by the rebel forces to be like an undercover spy or not undercover spy, but more like of a commando figure, I guess, to go in and steal like Death Star plans uh, and then you have to steal like uh, I could be wrong on the Death Star plans. It's been a while since I played. But basically, basically <laughs> the goal years. of the game is to <laughs> is the, basically the goal of the game is to go and you you have to defeat the Empire's latest weapons project, which is the Dark Trooper project, which are like these super soldier like uh, stormtroopers basically. And so and they were going to be the next 
huge attack on the alliance and you so you were sent in by the alliance to steal plans and ultimately shut down the project and so but you got to be like you got to go to uh play on coruscant you played on uh the hut homeworld of narshada i'm gonna go a little deep well, here right now. i'm i'm concerned every I'm time we have these conversations it's gonna I'm be going, oh god <laughs> all right Uh-oh. so I anyway catch up on Star basically you move into a lot of different worlds and but you know at that time i'd really kind of only read about in books or had you know heard mentioned in the movies but then to see them and then like uh, Boba Fett is my favorite Star Wars character of all time. So cliche. It, he's awesome. <laughs> Even I know who that is. He's awesome. You cannot deny that Boba Fett is awesome. Jar Jar Binks? No. Oh, he's my Jar-Jar favorite. Binks. Everyone oh, hates Jar Jar Binks. Guess what my my nickname was in like circa 1998 when episode one came was out. Was it really Jar Jar Binks? It was Jar Jar Binks because my oh, name is Jar Jar Binks. Oh, that's hilarious. Jar Jar Binks. Why do people not like Jar Jar Binks? Because he's funny. He was, he, he was like this awkward <laughs> caricature and just like a terrible like so conversational. So misunderstood. You just weren't really appreciating the value of this. Why did they? Why did they, they should have excluded them from the click. Well, know? I mean, they once they introduced them, they kind of had. They couldn't just not have them show up <laughs> and be like, "Oh, Jar Jar died." Sorry, everybody. You know, because, no, because like, like this. Right? Yeah, it's like you couldn't just like end episode one and then like at episode two, and then be just like, "Uh, yeah, random explosion. He's dead." There never was Jar Jar. I mean, they'd be really realistic. Jar Jar who? Yeah, you know. So I mean, so but anyway. But no, um, but then you got like all these cool weapons. You got to fight against like pe- other Star Wars characters. Like you got to fight against Boba Fett, which I never understood since he doesn't he doesn't die. I mean, was it hard in, for you like cannons? fighting your robot? favorite? No, he's not a robot. He's a, <laughs> a he's robot. Like, he's, he's just a very very skilled bounty hunter human. And so, oh, like, I know he's he had, got the green mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he had I never know. he never he never died in the movie, even though everybody thinks a lot of people thought he did in the in Return of the Jedi. He did not. <laughs> Of course, you know, we'll see how much the story changed with since Disney basically reset all Star Wars canon. But well, that's a conversation for another time and probably another podcast, but a totally different brand <laughs> totally, of podcast. Totally different style. Of I'll just start a, my own podcast <laughs> just by myself, just me ranting about Jer Jer Binks Jer-Jer coming Jer-Jer to you live. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. That's going to stick around now. Um, but no, like, but being able to be immersed into a Star Wars world like that. And for it to be a first-person shooter, and it was a good first-person shooter. Like they, they actually, they, uh, it came out on um, DOS and Mac machines at first, but then they, they re-released it a year later for the PS One, and so now you can't actually buy it as like a digital online in the PlayStation Store. So oh. I did. Did they update anything? No, they don't update anything. I you, would like to see just a yeah. screenshot of this game. It's good. I'll pull, I'll pull it up yeah, after, after we're done. It's like that. it's it's. It's a fun game, and it's but it's one that you can again maybe if you you know you're used to the shooters of today you might not find it as fun, but one that you know I love it because mm-hmm. I had it as a kid and when it came out and it was yes. amazing and I loved it so um, yeah but I mean it's also been forever since I played it all the way through because it was an old game and not available up until recently for modern platforms so yeah my I have kind <laughs> of like should... a, it was a good game because it was a good game. <laughs> So, but I we should it. have to replay our top three. We like, should. I mean, I, I can't actually really play this. <laughs> I am currently replaying my number one, so I periodically play it all the time. Great segue, Mogus. I know, right? I know. Let's just go Let's on go ahead your number and one. talk well about me. So it was really, really hard to pick my number one. There were so many competing games, but going off of a series, I feel like it was one of the most unique in the series. My all-time favorite is going to be The Legend of Zelda. The Wind Waker, a very divisive installment. 
Uh, I remember when it first came out for the GameCube, a lot. I, this was another one that I initially, I think I saw it on X-Play. And when people were first talking about it, the only friends that I really had at that time that played video games were all boys. And they all looked at Wind Waker and went, oh, look at yeah. the graphics. It's for babies. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that was the vernacular. It's, yeah, it's a lot more toony than that. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, shame almost. because they were missing out on so much mm. when I first played it coming from Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. This kind of goes back to the open world concept compared to everything that had come before it. I had never felt more that you could go wherever you wanted. Mm -hmm. So it takes place on the Great Sea. And as someone that has grown up... Um, is it called the Great it Sea? It is. It's called you? the Great Sea. I'm <laughs> not just making crap Morgan? up over here. <laughs> I love it's called the, the Indian Ocean. No, it's called the Great Sea. So you are, you're on a boat and you're on the high seas and the only land are all really small islands. And that was so different for me because in all of the other games, you're landlocked. You go around, you might have a lake, you might get a river, but the majority of the game takes place on land. Yeah. So transitioning mm. to an open world where you were sailing everywhere and where you were lucky if you got um, the uh, basically the shortcut where you could whirlwind your way across the Great Sea a little bit, make it easier to get from one side of the map to the other. But there weren't really, even though there were technically borders, you know, if you sailed too far on the map your boat would tell you no we're getting a little off track here we gotta turn back save all of those people that you promised you were gonna save <laughs> so you couldn't technically go everywhere but you always felt like you could and something that basically built on that were the sequels so technically uh wind waker has two sequels phantom hourglass and then even later spirit tracks so in those following games you see that life did go on beyond the borders of the Great Sea, beyond where you could go in Wind Waker. There was more out there. So you always had that sensation of there's so much more out there that I haven't found yet. Yeah, I got to yeah. get out there. Yeah. So even within the game itself, without being able to technically escape the map, there was still so much to discover. And this is very true. So I bought the uh, the the collector's edition so the wind waker wii u collector's edition console when it came out i nice. about lost my mind is it a, so, a wii that look that has like an image of it does so link on it What's no it, it doesn't have it? an image so the wii u gamepad itself oh. basically just has this really gorgeous uh gold filigree around the edges nice. and then of course the console itself came preloaded with the hd well, remake obviously. of wind waker <laughs> now what's funny is initially i scoffed at the actual hd remake because i'm so such a classic game snob that I went, Psh, I don't need fancier <laughs> graphics and updated gameplay systems. But um, when I booted it up, I literally cried because <laughs> you have a very strong connection with Zelda. I, I do. So this was the one for me. And when I booted it back up, it was it wasn't new in the sense it wasn't new content, but yep. seeing it revitalized literally brought tears to my eyes. I sobbed. Playing the game just grinds so hard yes, because it's all so beautiful. Yes. And this most recent playthrough. I don't really, for the, especially The Legend of Zelda, I hate using cheats. I hate looking up walkthroughs. Yep. I, it's the kind of thing where if I can't find it on my own for these particular games that I love so dearly, I don't deserve to find everything that the game has to offer. And this first, you know, this most recent time playing through, I found a heart piece that I had never found before. And it was so exciting to me to go, oh, that's where it was. I can't believe it. <laughs> you just had to freaking get a seagull to swirl around. <laughs> Duh. 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 I can't believe I didn't think of that. You're weeping. So even though I've been literally playing this game for over a decade, 
there was still something I hadn't found. That's awesome. So nice. that was a really Wonderful. big moment for me uh, as a Legend of Zelda fan, and that's a big part of why it's number one. Now, I could go on and on about <laughs> the soundtrack to Wind Waker. <laughs> Arguably the single best soundtrack of any of the games. I don't care what anybody else says. Wow. You can Those listen. Are Those are big words. <laughs> Fight me on it. So I could listen to the soundtrack of the game forever and never get tired of it. Sometimes I turn it on to the title screen and go do other stuff. Mm. I oh. might clean my kitchen while listening to uh, Dragon Roost Island soundtrack. So it's permeated my life to such an extent that it would be ridiculous for it not to be my number one. Mm. Nice. That's a, I nice. think that's a very important uh, reasoning for having your number one is how much it has almost changed the course of your life. <laughs> I mean, it's the... It's the measure that right. I that I judge a lot of other games on. Yeah, I my number one is very similar. But that's some of the things you're talking about with um, Wind Waker is similar experiences I had with like Oblivion and Skyrim. You look at the Oblivion map, and if you scroll up, you can't go there, but it says Skyrim above oh, where you are. I did like, not oh, know man. that. So there's a thing, you know, there's a place called Skyrim. I wonder if I'll ever get to go there. And sure enough. Couple years That's later, very you do get cool. To go there. I know Dragon Age series is like that. Yeah, is their, it? their map their map system does that too. Like you see areas you can't go to, but then like the later games, you are in those areas. Yeah, which I, and I appreciate that we're talking about this because I think to a lot of people they're like well duh like that's how games work but like there's something special about that and it didn't you know? it didn't really used to be that way. It's, yeah. it's building a sense of excitement and wonder for something that you don't even know what it is yet. Right. Right, but now people are just like, oh, it's going to be an expansion pack or blah, blah. You know, like yeah. it's, I, I like the more of the, the sense of discovery that I'm glad that it's, I feel like we still have, right. you know, for this kind of stuff. Yep. Um, Wind Waker, interesting. I need to play that. I've only played, have you played any Zeldas, Jared? Yeah, I've played some Zeldas. Okay. I mean, like which ones? I mean, I mean like, uh, going, <laughs> like okay, I, I would I, like to know. I've been, I've been Link in Smash Brothers. To <laughs> no, it counts, that counts. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I've played, uh, I've played through, uh, I've been Link in Smash Brothers. That's a good answer. Uh, Ocarina of Time, I've played through, and, and uh, played I think a little better. bit of Majora's Mask I've also played. Okay. I would love to play Majora's Mask, and I have been saying this for probably four years now. I won a Nintendo 3DS. Whenever this I, is, they came out, I was like, God, now is the that. time. Because they got Majora's Mask. I yeah, play it. No, so it looks they, dark. It yeah. is. Yes. So we, I could harp on and on we'll about do a this. Whole we can have show. a whole <laughs> talk, ten hours nonstop. So, in and of itself, Majora's Mask, the overall feel of the game was very unique. Yeah, compared, it, it was really interesting. So, if you definitely should play it. The only Zelda I've played is Twilight Princess, oh. and that's all I played. And sometimes I talk to people about video games and i'll be like well have you played zelda and that's all i played was twilight princess that's how big of an impact it had on me i'm like you and i mean that's a good one that's a really good one it was i mean you know i never played it before i never played the earlier ones i'm like oh you know a lot of people like zelda i'll get this i had a wii and i i felt like i knew what everyone was talking about yeah the atmosphere like this the the whole again like you talk about mario the whole tone and the feeling of it of going out there it's not like oblivion where it's like this big wide open place it's much more your narrow journey, you know, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, Twilight Princess was uh, was a big game for me for sure. For a lot of other people, um, 
they for all of the people that decided they weren't going to play Wind Waker because they didn't like the graphics, Twilight Princess was the next step from Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So in terms of sheer graphic impact, going from Ocarina of Time to suddenly Twilight Princess was a massive shock. Yeah. One of my dearest friends, when she first even looked at Twilight Princess, she could not believe the progress that had been made. So if you hadn't played Wind Waker and you had only been playing, you know, the older games since then, the N64 games, it was a big shock and it was really revolutionary for its time. Yeah. The graphics are very good in Twilight Princess. They are. The mechanics, the whole Wii. Yeah, Yeah, the mechanics worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my number two. Uh, Number one. Excuse me. Okay, my number one. Uh, my number one, we talked about games that kind of uh, really saturate into your life, and Halo 2 was like that for me, and that is why that is my number one pick. And you talked about yours being very difficult to choose. Mine was very easy to choose. I, I knew from the get-go it'd be Halo 2, just because I could go on, on and on about Halo 1, and a lot of people could. It's a terrific game, and... Um, such a clutch game for the Xbox and Microsoft, obviously. You know, yeah. people know that. Yep. And the anticipation for Halo 2 was huge. I mean, I think at the time it was one of the biggest media events in the world. It might ho- still hold some records in some mm-hmm. sort of... Um, some. It might... I don't know if it's for like amount of money it grossed in the entertainment industry. I know it, at, at the time it was a kind of a record breaker. It was massive. It was huge, obviously. And um, so continuing Master Chief's story in the campaign was a big thing for me. I mean, I remember getting it, you know, midnight release, skipping school the next day, all that stuff, all that stuff. My parents let me stay home so I could play Halo 2. Awesome. And continuous story, there's, I think the story of Halo is really well done. Mm -hmm. I'm not like a huge sci-fi guy, but there is the emotional connection between him and Cortana. There is the whole dynamics between the Covenant. I mean, it's really well constructed, really in-depth, and one of those games that obviously has novels written about it or that go off of it. So it's kind of, it's it's one of those universes, maybe not like Star Wars is that big, but it has the ability to go down these different avenues, which Halo 2 did. Mm-hmm. You got to play as the alien race, which was very interesting to play oh. as the Arbiter. And people had mixed feelings about it. People definitely had mixed feelings about the ending. Um, no, but that was awesome how you could be in like the co-op version. You could yeah. play one person was Master Chief while the other player was the Arbiter. The Arbiter, yeah. That was awesome. I know. And I don't know how much you know about Halo, I mean, I have seen it with my eyes. <laughs> no, I played You've a little. Heard, you're probably familiar with the soundtrack to it. Yes, actually, I was going to say, Video Games Live did a fantastic cover of a Halo Melee. Uh, medley. Me- Sorry, Medley. medley. Yeah. The soundtrack is obviously famous now. God. The opening. And it is gorgeous. The it's soundtrack. phenomenal. Yeah. The soundtrack. Ah, it's amazing. And, mm. and, and some of the stuff they added to, there's a... <laughs> there's like a... <laughs> there is like a, uh, I think, level two or three when you get to Earth. And that was the big thing. We're going to fight on Earth. That was a huge, huge... Yep. I remember everyone's like, that's so exciting. We can fight on Earth. And there's a level where... The, and there's a cutscene, and we can talk about the Master Chief updated, which just came out in Master Chief Collection, and they updated the cutscenes, and they updated a lot of things, and it's just the cutscenes are ridiculous. It's ridiculous. gorgeous. It's like a movie. I mean, it's it's very cinematic already, but to have that updated graphics is really terrific. The music's heightened, everything, and you got the pelicans that are flying through this destroyed city. The music's very light. They did a very good job with kind of doing these counterpoint musics in a lot of places, which I love. And then a scarab comes out and. You get, you know, blows up the pelican, you get into it. Um, 
But besides the campaign, which I thought was terrific, even um, even with the ending, it didn't really bother me. A lot of people thought it was a cliffhanger and that they're bummed, but I was like, you know, I, I was okay with it. The it mul- sets up for Halo Three. It's it, it sets it up, and um, it was the multiplayer though that obviously have me had me hooked, still has me hooked. I mean, I still play Halo Two multiplayer to this day. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. been years, and I still play, and I still like to think I'm pretty good. <laughs> but I used to be terrific and i'm not just trying to toot my own horn but i was like i'm gonna go professional here we go too. again <laughs> about 100 times everyone this story. everyone knows that i could have been a pro in halo 2 i'm gonna be like grandpa you know like i could have been something i could have been a contender i was just doing a damn podcast yeah. talking about my glory days. yes i know what has happened i had a real chance um but you know the map design the whole melee grenade um, what I guess that's what you call it—the weapon melee grenade, the, that that trifecta that yeah. they, that Halo. I don't know if I, I want to say they invented, but if they, if not invented, they perfected in a lot of ways. And a lot yeah. of games owe a great deal of debt to what Halo did with multiplayer mechanics and gameplay. Well, they just they just owe to multiplayer becoming a big thing because yeah. of Halo. Well, you talk about Xbox Live, and you talk about when Halo Two came out. I mean, Halo Two was Xbox Live, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they had Unreal Tournament, which was terrific, and they had. Um, you know, I think they had Madden. You know, they did have a fair amount of games that were using Xbox Live, but I well, mean, Call of Duty at that time had some multiplayer. Uh, yeah, I think so. And but it was really Halo Two was such a dominant force yep. in the in the industry, and that's not why I liked it. But I, li- I liked it. Be- There's a reason for that. You know, it was just such a well balanced game, and to be able, it was one of the first times I could see how games could be a truly competitive thing. I mean, when when at the height of when I was really doing all this major league gaming, like playing these professionals and stuff and doing four on four and like a map like lockout. Yep. It's like a game of chess and it's like an interactive using, it's like, it's, I don't, I don't want to use the word, you know, athleticism, but the amount of uh, thinking and the amount of reflexes that is required it, is pretty amazing. And I realized that gaming could be a sport. You know, I and truly, it is very much becoming so. It is. They just oh, yeah. had that big news story about the team that won millions of dollars in a yep. competition. Right. So two. it's obviously, yeah. So it's yeah. obviously has it's lived it's be, up to that. Yeah, it's morphed it has into a league, that. You yeah. know, and Halo Two, I think, was a big kickoff for that. Even though I'm sure I'm missing things before that people would easily. I mean, me. I, I think the only thing that really comes to my mind that that might have had a big fall, like esports falling like that would have been the first StarCraft. StarCraft. That's what I was thinking of too. That's yeah, obviously that's about, been super but that's a di- that's a different genre. Of a game. It is. And there was something about, for me, the first person, that's, there is strategy, but there's just such a immediate strategy to it. You know, when someone comes in, you have low shields, and they have a shotgun, and you have a battle rifle, what do you do? You yeah. know, you got yeah. two plasmas, you got a frag, and you got to, you know, for that second, you got to figure out what you want to do. And yeah. I love that, and I still love it to this day. I remember you used to watch Halo 2 montages, and to see <laughs> these great players do great things was... Oh, yeah. Just so kick ass. Yeah, and it's so. and it's awesome that because of the Master Chief Collection, a lot of that is coming back. It is. And like you can find a lot of these like yeah, kill kill incredible kill videos yeah. and stuff that are that are coming back because they're they're re- they brought back the franchise in that way. Right. I mean there's a reason they remade the whole thing to do the Master Chief Collection. I mean they yeah. didn't and which was such a fucking letdown for like months and months. I mean that, I mean, did you get it when it came out? No, I, oh, I haven't I haven't got the Master Chief Collection yet. I oh, want you, don't, you don't have it. Yeah, I don't have oh, the okay. Xbox One yet. It's on my oh. list. It is my next console purchase. Okay. Is a is an Xbox One, and I'm okay. hoping to snag one during Black Friday this year. Hmm. Um, but no, but um, it's going to be a Master Chief Collection edition I, and all that stuff well, you, because I I have always loved Halo. That is the reason like I played 
Xbox stuff yeah, was because of Halo. Yeah. Like, uh, I agree with Mogan. I am a Sony fanboy and like, I, I like PlayStation more. Um, but like there are some undeniable exclusives. Like I buy, I bought my Xbox 360 because I wanted to play Halo. Hmm. So like that says something in and of itself that one game. Yeah. Oh, makes for you, sure. It's not like a, like, Oh, I like call of duty on the 360 better than the PS3. No, right. it's like, no, it's like this one game is making me throw down $300 yes. to buy a console. That's yeah. really so the power it. of video games. It is. You yeah. can literally hash over tons of money for just one game. one game because you know the experience that it's going to give you. Yes. It's incredible. For sure. For sure. I totally agree. Um, but yeah, you really came. You really missed a terrible period when the Master Chief Collection came out. Oh, I heard all about it. And I all didn't the hear complaints. anything about it. it Do just, tell. It, well, it was <laughs> so mad. It was just nothing worked. I mean, that's the base. Like all it you just need to know was no, broken. It was broken, and it was oh. nothing working. Me and my friends were so frustrated. Like all on Xbox Live, talking <laughs> to each other like, every night, and we try every night so stupidly. Maybe it'll work this time. Yeah, no, we'll get in the game. That happened together. to me. That happened to me when Diablo three came out for Mac. And did that have, oh. did that have Diablo three had massive problems on the Mac. Like Windows, it was okay, but like, but Macs, like there was some like server issue. Some I can't even remember what it is now, but yeah, it was like I had to wait months for a patch for a Blizzard to release a patch before it was able to work on the on the Mac. I mean, there were some like you could try some like really janky workaround that somebody posted on Reddit mm-hmm. or something like that, but like for the most part, like I was like, ah. My I roommates just that, installed like, Windows on their Macs to be able to yeah, play Diablo I, 3 I via Windows. Wow. I wasn't that like crazy. Like, oh, they were. Like, <laughs> I, like, I just wanted, I, so I just waited. They released the patch and then I was able to play, but you know, that was very frustrating, like having to wait those first few like uh, months, the first few weeks and stuff before they finally were able to fix the problem. There's a, a mode in Diablo 3 that's like super hardcore mode. Right? Nightmare, I believe, is what and that like if you die, like the game's over. Yeah, oh. something like that. How cool is that? That's that I want, is pretty I want, like, cool. Like a first person shooter, permadeath. Like that. like, that's that's awesome. I oh want something gosh. like that in a first person shooter. Yeah, just saying. All right, Jared. my number one game. Number one. It's a recent game. It came out only two years ago. Oh my god! Can we guess? Yeah, give us, give us, knows, I, mean, I, don't I think know, you guys I know, know that. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, never mind. I don't want to be the only one guessing. <laughs> it is a recent game, but so it's a little different from, from y'all's number ones in that regard. But the game is The Last of Us. Oh, oh of, course. of course. Never mind. <laughs> I do know this one. <laughs> the Last of Us is one of those games that has permeated my being. In <laughs> the sense of that, I played through the whole thing. And like I'd I'd seen gameplay footage of it from like E3 and I'd seen the trailers. I was like, dude, this looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this game. And then I got the chance to play it, uh, you know, and was immediately hooked within the first 20 minutes of the game because it is a more recent enough game. And there are, and especially with the, the remastered edition and stuff like that, some people out there might not have really played through it yet. So I will be as spoiler free as I can. But the first twenty minutes hit you with such an emotional gut punch, and like, and to and to have and to see that in a game, and to be actually affected by that emotion in the game, as if the, it would be if it had happened in front of me or in like in a movie, what you would expect out of a movie, right. and to get that experience from a game was incredible for me. And then it just built on that through the rest of it, like never before. I mean, also it helped because it was very cinematic. It was basically a game. There was never a bl- a black load screen in the game. Mm. It would jump from gameplay to cinematic. Mm. Yeah, that helps s- cleanly. Yeah, and so you were. I would never before had I been more connected to a character or characters, mm-hmm. Joel and Ellie, right? And oh, even uh, yeah. and even side characters, I'd never been more just like 
like attached to two characters as them and like you know when they had pain like things weren't going right like you felt it you got depressed you got sad when the story was sad Mm. um you got happy when the story was happy you were amazed and again like and i think again because it is a newer game like the world it created you know this you know a post-apocalyptic you know trees are growing through skyscraper kind of thing like it's a beautiful game it is visually it's and especially with the the remastered edition which i bought <laughs> uh, even though I bought it on PS3, I bought the remastered edition, and it has the photo mode where you can take like you know the photo like oh, that's screenshots that's and cool. all that stuff, that's and very like cool. do some slight editing to it, and like make some incredible shots of the huh. in-game shots. It's fantastic. But so aside from the gameplay and all that, and the story, and just how incredibly emotional and um, attached to that story you can get, the soundtrack is fantastic. I bought the soundtrack. Uh, actually, I got the soundtrack free. We came with like uh, part of the downloadable codes or whatever that came with the game. So I got the soundtrack there, and it's amazing just in this in how it's it's subtle yet powerful. It's very simple. Like some tracks have nothing but like kind of a drum beat with some minor supporting sounds, not really instruments, but sounds playing mm-hmm. in the background. Um, it's it's but then like the the credits track, the last of us, the it's called the last of us is. Like it, it gives all the feels. I know. I feel guilty that I've been talking all about it. It gives all the feels. And so (laughs) I, I bought, I bought that soundtrack. I have not yet. And it kills me that I not have not yet played, uh, the DLC that came out for it left behind. That's That's already out. Mm. That explores, uh, Ellie's more of Ellie's Uh backstory before she and Joel met. Um, so I need to, I need to play that still. I might actually just crank that out one weekend because it's, it's fairly short, but like I want, I want to, I need to play through that and it kills me that I haven't yet. Uh, but no, that's like I've bought the book. That's the art of The Last of Us. I just shelled I saw out, that on your Facebook. I yeah, just me shelled too. Out, uh, <laughs> I, saw that. I just shelled out eighty dollars for the soundtrack on vinyl, even though I already holy had it. fuck. That's and, awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing a Last of Us shirt right now. You know, it's just well, like so. What is the meaning of that symbol? Uh, it's, it's like the, a moth. It's for the fireflies. Dragonfly. The fireflies, oh, okay. like the freedom fighter people, because it's like you know this uh, this disease takes over. And like anything, like, you know, like what you see in, in previous, like, oh, there's a disease outbreak or whatever, you know, like it's yeah. sectioned off quarantine zones and yeah. all this stuff. And so, but like, you know, also in, as is prone to be in those situations, the, you know, governments can tend to take over and be more of a dictatorship than, a, than you know, and stuff like that. So this, the Fireflies is the group that was fighting against that to like, to the government and like just the government forces are kind of like freedom fighters in a sense, mm-hmm. um, which, you know. You you interact with, but you're not necessarily a part of mm-hmm. in the game. Um, but so on top of all that, of watching it, I've watched a documentary about the making of the game. It's called Grounded, and it's oh, free right. on Amazon Prime streaming right oh. now. So right. you can go watch it. And I recommend. I mean, if you haven't played the game, there are spoilers. <laughs> you'll, find, you'll find out. Maybe some, don't go watch that play the right game first. <laughs> you'll, you'll find out some endings, but like still, it, once you play the game, or even if you don't care about spoilers and just want to watch it. I highly recommend watching it because it also shows like how much, you know, for me being on, on the film side of things and stuff like that, like to see how much, I mean, I know games are a creative undertaking and they require lots of people to work mm-hmm. on it. I mean, hell, the credits for a game are like can be yeah. 10, 15 minutes, yeah. you know, which is more than a movie. But, um, but still for, even for like, it had interviews with the actor, uh, Troy Baker, who plays Joel mm-hmm. and, uh, Ashley Johnson, I believe is who plays Ellie. And, interviews with them and then a couple of the supporting characters and stuff like that. And, um, and then it had footage of them doing the motion capture stuff, which, in, you know, and, but for me, what really showed this is like, I knew they did some motion capture, but I didn't realize that they did the like voice recording and that they actually were actually like 
I thought they like did the moves and stuff really, but like, I didn't understand that they were, no, it's like they were just, they were acting the scene as if they were in a movie, but they were being captured, you know, for this game. Mm -hmm. And to see even, even though you never actually saw their real faces, like the emotion that they would put into these scenes and into, into these cutscenes, like one, one during the recording of, of one, uh, the filming of one scene, like Troy Baker, like is bawling his eyes out. Interesting, yeah. And it's like you're, you no one's going to see your face, dude. Right, right. <laughs> like but but, but he's actors. but like there's yeah, they're actors and they're so committed and to and see I that mean, level of commitment. You can hear emotion. Right. It's it's not the kind of thing off. where if you can't see a face you can't feel the exactly. emotion. Right. Of course you can but pick like up on they, that. But, but of how they were able to, you know, pick up his voice emo- the emotion of his voice and tie it and make it believable in the game. Like, you know, yeah. there are some games like you can tell like the voice the face does not match right. the 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 emotion that's in the words, but like Last of Us just hit it on all pegs, and like in, in every checkbook, and it's and God, it's, it's just a fantastic just, game. I need so to catch you, up you guys on need to play that one if you haven't yeah. seen it yet. I have it's a fantastic. pretty. I have a filmmaking friend here who's a little bit older than us, and he is a big gamer. And he was like, if The Last of Us was a movie, he thinks it would win like Academy Awards, which it's going to be. Oh, oh is, is when it, are they making it a movie? Uh, I think it's in development right now. Mark I haven't heard. Uh, oh, major spoilers! <laughs> I haven't heard. Uh, like, I don't think there are any actors really attached to it. Who yet. would be a good actor? Uh, man, Game Informer had a had a uh, Hugh they, they did an article. No, not Ellen Hugh Page. A fan cast. I mean, Ellen Page. Yes, because there's that whole thing. Actually, of, didn't she sue them because she, she, she thought that they was, based was, Ellie off of her? Yeah, yeah there was there was a little hubbub about that. But isn't she like 14 in the game? How old is she? Yeah, Ellie's like yeah, 12, 13, Page is like 25. Yeah, and then she was in that game Beyond Two Souls where. It is actually Ellen Page, her oh, Willem Dafoe, but I never played that one yet. Um, oh, interesting, but uh, but no, it's no, it is being made. But Game Informer had an article where they they do like that sometimes, like if this game were a movie, here's who we'd pick, uh-huh. and then and like you know Troy Baker obviously would be awesome as Joel, but the thing is like he actually is uh like he did an excellent voice for Joel, but like his like he's a. Uh, I guess pretty, a little too pretty to be Joel. Oh, gotcha. You know, not like, quite the rugged aspect. Not, too, not, not quite rugged enough to pull off Joel. Um, beard. But his voice, but his voice, he did an excellent like hit, uh, portrayal as Joel. Is that how Joel talks? Um, no, his, it's just like come with me. It's like Billy, Billy, you're you're walking on mighty thin thin ice. Is he southern? Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Actually, it actually, actually started in Austin. 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 Yeah, it yeah, does. What the fuck? Yeah. Which, which blew my mind too. I'm like, oh my god, I'm we here. live I'm at here. My house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it starts in Austin, then you eventually wind up in are Boston. The, are there zombies? It's not zombies as much as they're like mutated. Hu- I mean, yeah. I guess yeah. you could say like zombies are mutated humans, but basically, it's this fungus. Which here's the creepy part about it. The, they got the inspiration f- for this fungus from an actual fungus. Oh, really? That grows on the earth that will uh, plant its spores inside the minds of ants. Oh, I know what you're talking. And, they control the ants. And it oh. controls the ants. Oh. And so they're like, what if that mutated to human scale? And so that's basically what this is. Cool. And that so is like, pretty cool. And so like everything, all the zombies, like the, like there are the infected, which are like really like they're sick. They're, they're, you know, the early stages of the yeah. infection. Then there are the clickers, which like the fungus has like grown out and like cracked through the skull. So like, there's like this, like, mm-hmm. like it's like growing on them. Gross. And then there are ones that are like, <laughs> uh, man, I can't remember the efficient name for them, but they're basically like 
have been infected for so long that they're just armored in fungus, basically. Yeah. I have um, not personally played the game, but my bro, my younger brother, he, <laughs> The Last of Us probably is his number one. Wow. And so I have, I have I watched him game. play it, so I haven't seen it all the way through to the end, I mean, but I have seen the clickers and I've seen the armored ones, and even seeing him fight them, I'm going, I'm not sure. But it's I like, could quite take them on. I mean, but, it, but it's hard because <laughs> it it's hard. like, it's like the clickers are, uh, are drawn to you by sound. And so you have, when you're fighting them, you have to be super quiet. And but like you're only since it is like a survival game, you're given very limited resources to do things. Like you might only have like five bullets in your gun at one time. I love stuff like that. And like yeah. you have that. to craft survival stuff. Like yeah. you have to find things to make make tools and weapons and things like that. So no, it is by far hands down. Like it was an easy pick for me. Like nothing has come close to, to yeah. affecting me near as The Last of Us has. Nice. I need to get a PlayStation. Yeah. That's what I. Yeah. I mean, if if we continue to do this, I'm going to need to get. Why don't more we all just rotate? Consoles. I'll give you my Wii U. That's you true. give me your PlayStation. You give him your Xbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And just yeah. catch up on some games. Yeah. I'm thinking about future shows. I'm thinking about man, what other games? You know, it's very easy to talk about your favorite games. Right. You know, it's very. It's much a different thing. It's much different to talk about games. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta make sure you haven't I'm, played yet. Well, like, or that are just not as good in your eyes, or you haven't played as much of. But I guess you know, because yeah. I mean, like if we talk, if we talked about like top Nintendo games, I could, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to say Mario sixty four again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can have it on the list, but uh, yeah, no, I get what you mean. No, I've I've, I've thought of quite a few topics that we could make a, new, yeah. a whole other show on. Yeah, you know, right. Just from just from that what we brought up and talked about today. Yeah. Um, but I think that's basically pretty much. Pretty much what our top three. So you know, I think so. Honorable mentions. Any oh, ones man. that were tough to leave out? I would like to honorable mention for Pikmin Two. Pikmin Two. Pikmin okay. Two. Highly strategic game. It's another Nintendo game. I played the original one. Yeah, it, it, original Pikmin one. Two took everything that was good about the first one and fixed all of the gameplay mechanics. Always a good thing. So Pikmin Two just built on it and made it so much better. Nice. Mine is uh, Resident Evil Remake. For GameCube. Oh, Resident Evil 4? Or just the remake? Just the remake. I think it's the original Resident Evil. When they go in Raccoon Raccoon Forest, I think. They're in a mansion. Yeah. Terrifying. I mean, are they all? They just just announced a remake of Resident Evil 2. Did they? Yep. Those games are solid. Yeah. I've liked those. Um, Six, I hated. Is that? That's not when you're in Africa, is it? No, that's That's five. Five Five was good. I liked five. Which one's six? Six is the one where you're like... You play as like three different characters, mm-hmm. and you like switch oh, off between their I stories. But like they'll intersect, so you wind up like playing the same area like five times, yeah. and it's mm. it was really kind of it was just dumb. tedious. It was it was an interesting concept to try to, to undertake, and I yeah. applaud that. Yeah. But the execution just came out so that just work. bad. Um, so okay, so for everyone to recap, my top picks starting with number one were The Last of Us, Dark Forces, and Civilization. Oh, I'd have to say my honorable mention, mention would have to be Assassin's Creed Two. I liked Assassin's Creed. I played Assassin's Creed 2, and that's when I was like, I really like this series. I'm not an Assassin's now, Creed fan. I will say, there have been some shortcomings in the Assassin's Creed series. That's why I did not You mean that. of the 5,000 Assassin's Creed installments? <laughs> well, like, they're just cranking they're it up. There's a new one exist. every week. That's what I mean. Like, what kind of cards is it? I mean, subject. Assassin's Creed 1 and Assassin's Creed 2, because they were so different from the other, but then, yeah, since then they've all become very similar. Now, I'm... I mean, with that, I'm still excited about each new one when it comes out. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, when I play it, I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing, just because it's Assassin's Creed. So, but I mean, I tried Unity. Off. I tried Unity, and I, I, I don't know. It's not my, yeah. 
It's, I have, I have the, poor things to say. They're fun, but they're not on my top. But yeah. Assassin's Creed 2 was really fun because it had those moments of just like, oh, I'm a badass. <laughs> there are, I know. So, there are a lot of those which, moments. Which really, which You're I had a, a couple of those in Assassin's Creed 1, but Assassin's Creed 2, like the whole game was kind of mm. that way. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is good. Take me away from my life. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, just as I was saying, everybody, to recap, my top games were The Last of Us, Dark Forces, and the Civilization series, or Civilization 3, to pick one. Zach's were Halo 2, Mario 64, and Elder Scrolls Oblivion. And Mogan's were The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, Okami, the Wii version, and what was your third one? It was Tomb Raider, 2012. Tomb Raider, the 2012 interesting, game. Interesting. So, so I think that's about it for the show. Uh, any last closing final thoughts from anyone about any topic whatsoever? When I talk for a long period of time, I tend to build up a lot of saliva in my mouth. <laughs> it's actually kind of uncomfortable. So my mouth I'm a gets li- really dry. Yeah, I'm I a quit. little... We have the opposite problems. So it's like, <laughs> oh, well, this is nice. You had some water, Morgan. I know. I ran out. Water. I drank it all. <laughs> I, I did also notice that as well. As well, well at least no one had bathroom breaks. So we were able to just <laughs> kind of go through this clean. Um, I just wanted to end on a quick on a quick note of, you know, I, as, as I said, this is at the beginning of this. This is the first episode of Team Chat where we will be bringing you our thoughts and opinions on the video on video games and the video game industry as a whole. But I had the privilege to go attend the RTX conference here in Austin, Texas that's put on by Rooster Teeth. And it was a, it was really just an awesome experience hearing some panels from like the co-founder of Rooster Teeth and like what it takes to get started in an industry like this of kind of what we're doing right now. And um, I got to see there my, uh, the guys that over from kind of funny who start are in this same field, uh, just doing podcasts and, uh, just content you're creating content about games or other things. They have one show that's called like love and sex stuff. And it's pretty funny too, but I got to meet them and talk to them. And, uh, it's just really kind of a, a neat thing. Like how this show is kind of, for me was inspired by them. And so it was awesome to get to meet them, talk to them, hear about them. I talked to Greg Miller and he told, like he said it in the panel and he reinforced it to me when I was talking to him said like, you know, Originally, when I was planning this, like how you know Zach and I, you were talking, you and I were talking about yeah. like how, how do we make this different? How do we make this better from everybody else? Mm-hmm. You know, or like you know, so we're we're edging out the competition. And he said, you know, it's not like in this field and like how everything's on the internet and everybody sees everything that everybody does. Mm-hmm. It's not so much competition as it is like we're all collaborators together. Yeah. And so it was just a really great to get to see them. Like my hats off to them and what they're trying to do here and just you know trying to do there in in with kind of funny and just you know of how much of an inspiration it is for what I'm trying to do and what we're trying to do mm-hmm. here. So it yeah, was it's a good way to look at it. It was, it was a great, it was a great thing to hear, especially like right before we kick off this series and everything. And so, you know, I hope great things come from this. It was a lot of fun talking and doing this first fun. episode with you. It was a lot of think fun. It went pretty well. Today. I think it went fantastic. I think <laughs> I it was a great first episode. Well. I did too. I did too. I think we'll, as it goes on too, it'll only get better more natural, more relaxed. I mean, what oh, if it gets definitely. worse and more mechanical and just down? We peaked already. This might be the high yeah. point. We have peaked. So, yeah. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening in and uh, look for, for the next episode coming soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. I hope we hit record. Hey, this is Jared, and I just had a couple notes before we sign off on this episode. If you have any questions or comments about the episode, please feel free to email us at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and ask your questions there at, at Team Chat Podcast. Also, I just wanted to let you all know about our Patreon page where you can go and subscribe. It's at patreon.com slash Team Chat Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N 
com slash team chat podcast and you can go and subscribe and you'll get some cool perks like getting the episodes early before the general release as well as some other content that we'll be giving out we appreciate your support and we hope you'll keep coming back for more episodes